This is going to be the slickest intro of your lives. Hello and welcome to The Loosest Sense. I'm Stephen Levanis with my co-hosts Tarek Graba and Adam Binnersley. And today we're going to talk about the news. That was terrible, but we're going to keep it. I, I feel suitably lubed. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very that sexy, I thought. That slightly, slightly nauseous. All right, okay. I yeah. was going for sexy. Was it not sexy? I was, I was I'll be honest, Stephen, in my mind, the Venn diagram of your sexiness has got nausea in it somewhere. So, <laughs> Yeah, I do like it when bitches choke. Uh... <laughs> oh, wow. There we go. That's the start. That's, that'll, that'll get things going. Just, just start it from there. Welcome to the Lisa Sense. Uh, right. Uh, as we always start our segments with the word right, let's talk impeachment news now that it's all barreled up. Since I'm uh, the the I'm not the voice of women, but I am the American correspondent. Uh, basically, what happened uh, was 57 people voted to impeach the president for crimes. Um, Mitch McConnell came out before <laughs> and said he didn't he didn't do it. It's illegal. You can't just say crimes. Inciting inciting violence and the death of. Uh, criminal negligence leading to the death of uh, five people and the blinding of one police officer. He got off. Crimes will do. <laughs> yeah. He, the other thing is, the reason we haven't covered this previously is because I think I think everyone knew deep down this was just a kangaroo court. And, like, it's, it's already a pretty miserable time without just, like, admitting that at this point, dem- democracy in... England and the States is on the skids. Can know? people try and sue him, though? He's still liable in civil courts, is that right? He is still liable for civil courts, yeah. So what are people going to like sue him for? So like that, that, that police officer who got, who got blinded, she might make a case against him. Yes, exactly. And, and she'll probably win. Because there's a lower bar in civil court. That's why OJ Simpson uh, got acquitted in a court in a you know a criminal court, but then lost all of his money in a civil court. OJ Simpson got acquitted, Stephen, because he was not a guilty man. Did you see? Did you see Boris Johnson's joke about that this week? No, what? Did what, he, say? what like, he was putting on a rubber glove when he was he's visiting somewhere to offer COVID relief, and his concept of light comedic asides is is referencing something that's like thirty five years out after the fact. But yeah, he put, he's, trying to, he's struggling to get the rubber glove on, and he, he made an offhand pun about it being like uh, O.J. Simpson. This is this is how it feels to be O.J. Simpson. It's like a, it's like a private school David Brent, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's exactly his charm. That's that's very well phrased. That's very well phrased. But I, I imagine he knows how to feel what it feels like to be David Brent uh, to be O.J. Simpson because he too is going to get away with a shitload of crimes. So. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll almost certainly release a book after the fact, coronavirus, how I would have done it if I had done it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if I did it. Is that the that was the, the OJ book, wasn't yeah. it? If I did it. If I did it, this is how I would have done it. The balls on that. That's smart. To make money, that's just you've got to give him brass balls for that. His publishers were absolute geniuses. Have you ever seen the front cover of that book? No. It's like a Where's Wally of trying to find if on that front cover. They made the if really tiny. So it just says, I did it. And then the if is really small. 
it's mm, typesetting at its oh, finest. God. Just, the, just the idea of Johnson trying to make money off it. It's like uh, Tony Blair releasing a, like a picture book of Iraqi urban landscapes. <laughs> oh, I do like that idea. I do like that idea. Scorched, scorched earths and, and scorched earths. By oh, mate, I know. I'm very, very confident. There's a future that in my future somewhere is me going absolutely ape shit in a waterstones because there's this soft <laughs> lit sort of black and white cover of Boris Johnson and like his struggles during COVID times. You know what I mean? Like that kind of. A prime ministerial memoir about how he how he went down swinging and twelve different pictures of him clapping. Oh God, yeah, banging his pots and pans together in a different festive outfit. Oh God, the centerfold is just like a splayed out naked Captain Tom with a sword across his chest, like a knight. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, he was the best of us. Is the caption? Yeah, has someone made a Captain Tom calendar yet? Oh God, I'm on it now. That's what you need to do, Dennis. We need to be the ones who make a sexy Captain Tom one. You know, like all those all those drawings of Trump where he's like super heroic and he's like got his top off and he's like in grey joggy bottoms with a big hard dick. I need one of those, but with Cap for Captain Tom. I can do that. My friend sent me a, a photo of the comments from the Daily Star's coverage of Meghan Markle being pregnant. And a user called cloud.nails with three S said, if it's a boy, they'd better call it Tom. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, great. Great. I can't imagine being that psychotically patriotic. That's so weird. Yeah. I love it, though. Like, do you know what I also really enjoy about the Royals? They seem to time having babies along with like trying to get away with like some proper criminally negligent shit that they've done. <laughs> so they'll just like, quick, one of you has to like drop a sprog immediately. It's like they just roll out a pregnant one going, oh, look, bunting, time to get the bunting out. Do you think Prince Philip's dead? And he's not just in, he's not just in hospital, so they're about to get the baby announcement out quick. Oh, weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> they're just getting propped up again. <laughs> He's on his third brain. <laughs> I don't understand how that guy's still alive. Like, what, what, what purpose are they keeping him alive for? It's, what does he? Not, I mean, it's he not does... the same man. They've replaced so much right. of him. It's barely a shadow of his <laughs> former self. Oh, that, that, that's a really good point. How much of the shovel do you have to replace before <laughs> it's a different shovel? <laughs> He's like he's like Darth Vader. He's more he's more robot than man anymore. Oh yeah, I love I love that. They just like put him in the Phillips suit, put his medals on. His medals are all magnetic. <laughs> yeah, dun, 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 dun. I, but we wish him well. We wish Prince Philip well. We hope he comes yeah. out of hospital and whichever part of him is still alive is still alive. I they drive a stake through his heart to make sure he's properly dead. <laughs> <laughs> Meghan Markle's quite. She's quite a lightning rod, isn't she, Meghan Markle? It's like, I, I was watching, uh, I was following bits of Ash Sharka this week, and she made one, it's a fairly benign comment about, obviously, the coverage she receives. And just people went absolutely ham on it, like, just absolutely ballistic. I don't, I don't understand, this country's so weird. I've got, I've got some really, like, quite liberal-minded sort of ex-colleagues and friends and stuff, but you bring up Meghan Markle, and there's suddenly it's a hatred in their eyes that you just can't, can't quite quantify. Have you seen Suits? It's really bad. I enjoyed her in suits. I thought she was sexy. She is sexy, but she is not. A, she was not good in that role. 
I don't think anyone was good in suit. Yeah, to be fair, if you go into suits looking for an acting masterclass, that's your fault. I, w- I watched far too much of that. It's one of those series that really <laughs> should just have bailed after like series two. And just why am I, why am I still here? It's like season five. Yeah, like how long? How long are they going to keep this lie going? It's bizarre. The problem is, it's at one point everyone knows what's going on, so they outlive their premise. It's a classic show that outlives its premise. Yeah. yeah. So that's the impeachment news. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, that went well, didn't it? Well, so hang on. You can explain this to me, Lavanis. You can yeah, explain this to me, Lavanis. How can they? How can more people vote to impeach him, and yet he still gets off? Um, because there's a there's a watermark of two thirds of the house have to impeach him, and it didn't reach that watermark, so uh, he gets away with it. It's fifty percent in the lower house, and uh, yeah. Two thirds in the upper house. Yeah, and it was never going to reach two two thirds of a percent. It was just a kangaroo court, man. Like Mitch McConnell, the leader of the min uh, the minority leader, basically said, "Nah." Yeah, and that's that's kind of why we just didn't cover it because there's like there's no. He's jokes. a sniveling piece of shit. Yeah, he's a, he's a just a turtle looking motherfucker. All all we've got to do now is look forward to the rock. I'm going to be so smug about this. I've been saying this for months. Yeah, we're the first podcast to say it. We are the first podcast to say it. We are so, Rock 2024. 20, the Rock the just said, if it's the will of the people, then he will... Yeah, if he said, it, if it's the will of the people, he will stand to be president. I don't know if that means in 2024. It's 25 to 1 for him to be president in 2024, which is the same odds as AOC. Yeah, he's the people's champion. Um, he is the people's champion. What's got to happen for him to end up on the ballot for 2024 for the Democrat? Uh, well, he's a registered independent. Yeah, but he backed the Democrats in this. Yes, he did. It's the first time he's ever been. He's the first time he's ever been political, though. And being anti-Trump isn't ex- well. It is polarizing in the U.S., but not as much. You know. I quite like the idea of someone who like has never been political just becoming the president. It makes sense. Everyone else has got too much baggage. Typically, what they do is. They put an exploratory committee together. That's the first step. Now, the exploratory committee's job is to see how much financing they can get and to find any polls to see how successful they would be among key demographic of voters. Because you'd, you'd have to stand, it's a two-party system, so we couldn't, we couldn't just get elected as the Rock, the Rock Party, could it? Yes, you'd have, independ- have to be, but not to get that much of the vote. No, he, he as independent candidates typically get like three percent of the vote. yeah yeah so that, that's a fucking shit idea so what he's doing he's got to align himself with the democrats and run with the democrats i reckon he wants to be president it depends because um you know looking at because they, they're about to do uh they're about to redraw the constitutional lines in a load of states so it depends on how that's done because they they basically decide who their voters are it's not like our system it's not an independent committee that does it on demographics and kind of just tries to make it as fair as possible they literally draw their lines out so they pick their constituencies and that's why it's important that's why they have all their yeah they're wild those things out It'll depend which which party wins that kind of tussle in the lower houses which judges back what and on the Democrats' policies over the next two years, because they're probably not going to maintain either of the houses. So it could be in a situation where the Democrats run two tickets in those primaries, one of which is the Rock and AOC, and one of which is uh, Biden and Harris again. 
if if the president reruns, he pretty much always wins the nomination again. Uh-huh. Yeah, but he said he's a one-term president. Has he? Yeah, yeah, because he's old as shit. He doesn't want to do it. He only did he's it because so he old. knew he because he knew he could win Pennsylvania. The states that they wanted him to win, the Rust Belt, he went out and he went, oh, guess what? I won the Rust Belt. <laughs> like, that's what his job was there to do. He was there to deliver the Rust Belt, and um, Harris was there to deliver law and order. And that was it. Boom. Job's done. Tick, tick. Highest vote count ever. Well, The Rock can do everything. The Rock can do anything, can't he? Yeah, it's true. He's just become a tequila mogul. Has he? Did he no, he sold like 300,000 cases. Holy shit. Yeah, he's, he's, he's flying. It's uh, I don't know where you can get it in this country, though. That's a cool president, that, isn't it? The tequila. I, I'd absolutely vote for The Rock. I mean, you've got to be, you've got to be a bit careful with the concept of him being a Democrat because wrestling, all of wrestling is, is a lot more Republican than you'd think. The Rock, he describes himself as a centrist. Yeah, but we had this discussion last last week, didn't we? What, what centre is he referring to? Uh, but the, the, the point is, he's still a long way off, and these things take years. Like, the the campaign for president is two years, and he has a year to get his exploratory committee together. Then he has a year to try and get uh, delegates to back his, back his play, and then... And then it takes two years to run. So if he's serious about it, he'll start running for it in about three months. Well, maybe that's maybe that's why he's maybe that's why he's made this statement on telly, saying if the people want him, then it, if it's the will of the people, then he'll do it. It's also quietly that he might be promoting his Young Rock series. Yeah, he might be promoting his Young Rock series as well. What's the premise of that? Uh, it follows him during his early years. Yeah, they got some good cats. Good doesn't it? Looks good. Yeah, I liked Everyone Hates Chris. Not Young Sheldon, though. So let's hope it's more Everybody Hates Chris than Young Sheldon. Everything to do with the Big Bang Theory sucks. They're just shit. It's all, they're all knobheads. Wow. So that's my adult, my adult take on that. <laughs> it's, it, it is, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a strong, it's a strong and firm take. Uh, so while we're, <laughs> in the, while we're in the US, let's talk about um, Texas. So, um, Texas recently had a cold snap la- uh, last couple of days with uh, actual snow on the ground in Texas. Now, in 2003, they had a previous cold snap and uh, an independent commission told all of the um, private companies within Texas to winterproof their technology because they hadn't. And that's what led to outages. And guess what Texas didn't do? It didn't it didn't winterproof its technologies. So that meant that power lines went down. Uh, the nuclear reactor, the water that they use uh, to cool uh, the fissious material, froze. How, so, how cold is a cold snap? It sounds like, is it one of those really polite terms, like a where it just goes to like minus 50 in a day and people die? Um, pipes were bursting. Uh, turbines were freezing. Give me a temperature. Uh, minus sixteen. That's pretty cold. That. Yeah, pretty cold. Yeah, that's cold. With with a lot of um, with a lot of uh, snow as well to a place that isn't used to it. Now, the thing that's really interesting about it is there's two energy grids. There's three energy grids in the U.S. So there's the Western Power Grid, 
uh, the Eastern Power Grid, and then ERCOT, E-R-C-O-T, and that just serves Texas. Now, um, the reason that is is because they didn't want uh, federal government oversight over it. They The, the argument for it is that it, uh, the, the deregulation reads to uh, better, better pricing, basically. But what has actually happened is it's led to their entire energy infrastructure freezing and they have prioritized white neighborhoods and the business district, which by the way is completely uninhabited at this time. So all the skyscrapers have power and no one's in them and people in black neighborhoods have zero power. Cool. Yeah. I did like, I did well, and it didn't, hasn't, hasn't um, their Senator Ted Cruz, hasn't he run off to Cancun with his family? Yep. Seen, Seen getting on it? No, without his family. His family weren't on the plane. He has gone to Cancun on his is own. This, is he gone for spring break? <laughs> I think yeah. he has. He's, he's gonna he's gonna get his tits out and get some of those beads. Or is that a different is that a different thing? No, no, that's spring break. Yeah, that's spring break. I went. How, oh, how was it? It was it was every bit of the cliche you'd expect. Honestly, I did a keg stand. There was cheerleaders. Uh, I I vomited in the sea after too many tequila sunrises. Did you have a really awkward orgy with like six people in the room and a stripper? No, hilariously, I, I only, I only, uh, I only snogged, uh, snogged some English girls when I was there, which felt like a waste. But you know, we are, we are. They're both lovely. That's not my point. But uh, it was, I was there for some cheerleader action. But I don't think I was that appealing to a cheerleader. What, what, what do you think let you down on the uh, cheerleader front? Um, racism. I'm going to go with racism. No, I don't know. Uh, wow. I don't know, actually. That is quite I, just, I, don't think, I don't think Larry British people are, are quite... Because I was, I was end up hanging out with a group of Australians a lot. So I think Larry British people is not... It was maybe not the look they were going for. But then again, it, I don't know. Am I any different to the weird jocks that were there? That was It was very odd. It was a very odd... It was Mazatlan in Mexico. It was very nice. How did you? Uh, how did you end up doing a keg stand? Were you at a party and there were the keg stand was available? Did you do it in a bar? I did it. I did it in a Senor Frogs. Uh, they <laughs> there was uh, okay. uh, they put on like food things, and then there's a uh, yeah, there was a keg. There was a keg thing there, so I did it, yeah, upside down keg stand. I also did the like the beer bong as well. That was I did that on the bus on the way down. I was there for the whole thing, man. I was. I wanted every weird. It was like I said, it's a very, very weird time because also they're all very young and they're all very shit at drinking. So it just kind of. I think that's why I ended up gravitating towards Australian. Australian drinking is the the poison for the vagine, isn't it? Yeah, and Amer- Americans think if you have four cocktails and you need to go to rehab. <laughs> And the yeah. Australians just hooning so many beers that you can actively hear their liver creak. <laughs> Well, there was this bit where we were drinking like tequila sunrises like all morning, and we went down. Then everyone goes down to the beach, and I was trying to flirt with this girl very badly in the sea. You know, I had like an eighties vibe in my head where we just be splish splashing each other, and all of a sudden we're, we're making love underneath a palm tree. Um, but I, <laughs> but a wave sort of caught me, and I swallowed a load of seawater, and I was very conscious of the fact that I was going to vomit. So I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do here because vomit down my front. I mean, realistically, probably wouldn't have done any worse for my chances than, than the original happened, but I decided, right, so I dive, I dove under the water, I was like, oh! <laughs> and like, 
I just remember all of the like, just all the chunks and the viscera just floating out in front of me under the under the water. Then I sort of jumped up out of the water, messing about again, and then I was like, oh shit, it comes round too, and then dove back under the, oh, and it just sort of. That looked like, imagine the um, front cover of the Nirvana Nevermind album, but with like the baby vomiting, like floating vomit in front of him. That's what it looked like. And um, the baby being you. And the baby being me, yeah. He recreated that uh, that uh, album cover recently. The guy, 25 years later, as a grown adult, which I thought was pretty cool. Anyway, um, yeah. And so, but, Did you pull the girl? Uh, <laughs> no, no, I don't think I did. No, I didn't, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, but not had a because... holiday romance. Women love impressions. So if you just said to her, check out my impression of a volcano and then vomit it. <laughs> um, yeah, that would have been one way to go. Um, yeah. But I just saved her. I saved her and me the embarrassment. I just said, you know, you don't want to be beach vomit guy, do you? Um, but I thought it was quite creative. I was quite pleased with myself. And also it's quite a, it's quite a thing to be sitting there watching your, watching your vomit flow out in front of you. What's what's really weird is that she looked down and could see through the water and just saw you vomiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in my mind, I, in my mind, I got away with it. Uh, in her mind, <laughs> she's seen the whole thing go down. I think it's very rare that you get away with vomit. Yeah, it's true. Actually, I always think I do. I think sometimes when I when I you know you get caught and you just suddenly you do a shot and it goes down the wrong way and you're like, uh, excuse me for one second while I just wander to the toilet facilities. And then you just suddenly, ha, and then you come back. Um, and you think you've got away with it, but you almost certainly haven't. I've, I've, we've worked in bars, and the amount of times you'll, you'll be glass collecting, you'll pick up a glass and you go, oh, that's warm and full of sick. Oh. <laughs> or the, no. little, the little one on your feet when you stood at the bar, we think no one notices. You're still there. No one notices it. At the end of the night, you just find a little bit on the kickboard at the bottom of the bar where it meets the floor. Oh, yeah. I've never so, done that oh, one. But I've seen people do it. I've clocked them doing it when I was behind the bar working. I've seen people just like go. Oh. One of the worst ones I ever saw was on the tube in London. A guy vomited into his newspaper and then like folded a couple of pages over <laughs> trying to look like he was carrying on reading it. And then he sort of flicked for another little minute or two and then vomited again inside this <laughs> newspaper. And he sort of closed it, tried to fold it over as it's coming outside and just popped it on the seat next to him and got up and moved down the tube. I was like, Everyone just shouting at him. That wasn't as subtle as you thought it was. It was dead good, though. <laughs> you should pick up your vomit, mate. You're In his mind, guy. yeah. It wasn't as good as me baby birding crabs, but he did think I'm, he was... Uh, I'm, quite he I'm quite impressed the newspaper had the residual strength to withhold that much vomit. It was, a, it was a broadsheet, yeah. It was a broadsheet. It was the telegraph or something. It was made of, yeah, it was made of decent shit. You couldn't vomit in the metro. Maybe he's just seen the sun. He opened it page three, and his stepdaughter was there. He's just like, if there was vomit in the in the sun, would you notice? Is really the question. Because nice. it's shit. Great, that killed it, didn't it? Yeah. Total <laughs> <laughs> eclipse of the sun. Well, call that an edit point, then, shall we? <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! I'm leaving that joke in. Wow. Welcome to the War on Woke Corner. Um, the government um, this week stepped up. Well, Boris Johnson decided to wade in, so that's always a first, um, because they're trying to protect freedom of speech at universities now. That's what they've decided. They've decided that being uh, outing yourself as a conservative at university 
is genuinely worth one of the uh, one of the most alienating things you can do. Apparently, and quite rightly. <laughs> what they're in charge of the country. Well, Boris Johnson decided to be to be the you know the bastion of freedom of speech, given that he what he, he, he fired twenty one of his twenty one of his colleagues who voted against him. Um, he, he, most of his most of his ministers boycotted like half of the main news news channels last year, um, and they essentially going to war with the National Trust because they dare to talk about empire. Like he probably isn't probably not exactly the barometer we want to be using for freedom of speech. Tarek, in fairness, though, he, as a bastion of uh, free speech, did call black people pickaninnies with watermelon smiles. This is true. Yeah, this is true. And he was almost cancelled for it. He was almost cancelled for it. Then he rallied and became prime minister of the country. So I reckon he got away with that one. People who claim or cry cancel culture, for for them, him him being prime minister is, is neither here nor there he still technically would have been cancelled in their minds because these people are crazy. The thing is, you've got to remember that this man threatened to go round to a reporter's house and beat him severely. What they're doing is they've looked at right-wing politics in America, gone, we should just do that, we'll segment the population, we'll turn off a load of people from politics and we'll just keep winning. And it's working. They're ahead in the polls. It's that simple. How threatening is Boris Johnson, even if he is carrying a baseball bat, really? I don't know. He, In my head, he's like one of the sinister twins from uh, Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Yeah. So in, it's like uh, Alice through the looking glass, you know? Why don't, Bittersley, why don't you ask that question to that child he clotheslined at rugby? Yeah, I'll <laughs> oh, see, yeah. If that, see if that little fucker's still walking. Um, yeah. Well, my only thing that really annoys me about this whole thing, like, I mean, because it, it, it genuinely feels like it's, you know, I'm obviously doing this pretty much every week now on this podcast talking about this, but it genuinely feels like it's picking up momentum. Like the stuff that they're actually attacking universities for is wild because they believe that loads of events are being cancelled. So that's actually what they're, they're putting, the rules that have gone into place, which is trying to maintain this. It's exactly like so we, we talked about with the BBC previously. They're trying to maintain um, a sense of what is balanced, but realistically you're just, you, you're not really meeting in the middle. You know, universities are trying to meet them in the middle, but they're just realistically being pulled further and further away from what would actually be balanced. Because technically, they did a review um, of 10,000 speaker events across universities, I think it was the last couple of years, and they found that six, only six had been cancelled. Four was for the, the wrong paperwork. One was a fraudster recruiting for a pyramid scheme. And the other was Jeremy Corbyn, who had to have it moved to a larger venue. So the only reason that was cancelled was that. So It was also, in many ways, a fraudster recruiting for a pyramid scheme. Yeah, <laughs> an anti-Semitic pyramid scheme. Let's not. Um, yeah, this is true. Um, oh, poor, poor Jezza. But that's it. They, they again, they wanted to talk about it. I watched. Uh, I think it was Navarra Media. I watched that shark. I had a really good interview with. Um, now I want to make sure I get this right because he's a brown comedian, Nish Kumar, not Shafi Sandy. And um, he was talking about it. I talked about again the BBC and things like. That. And he he had just a very good analogy that it's it's you know it's antelopes trying to negotiate with the line realistically it's they don't want they don't want a sense of parity they want to win they want to crush any real opposition and that's that's just what this all is you know i mean it's, you can see it's ramped up in the daily mail for example they've got a, a section now on their website called war and woke which is exciting which i'll definitely be following every week it's it they haven't got the eu anymore so they need something else to blame yeah. they need a bad guy and the bad guy now 
is apparently uh, being emotionally responsible for what you say. <laughs> you know, oh, it's I called a brown person a, a letterbox and suddenly I'm losing my job. Well, maybe you should shut your goddamn mouth. Yeah. Like, no one cancelled Gina Carano. No one got Gina Carano fired other than Gina Carano. Gina Carano could have had all of those opinions, right? But she works and represents the Disney Corporation. As we said before, it's a pretty fascist organization. But the point is, you can't actively mock the Holocaust. You just can't. It's not acceptable. Just what don't do it. What if you put in your bio, if you put thoughts and opinions of my own? Yeah. No, yeah, that's how you get around it, yeah. I've also put on my Facebook that all these pictures are mine and I have the rights to them. <laughs> freedom of speech freedom of speech protects him as much as you can say dumb shit but it doesn't mean anyone has to keep employing you I mean the thing is so this well, the, my favourite bit there's some amazing stories on this Daily Mail so far there's a so there's a drunk woman who shouted Black Lives Matter as she attacked and racially abused police um, avoids arrest because she was claimed she was antagonised when the police officer said all lives matter which is solid uh, drinkers rejoices and weather spoons uh, bosses confirmed that the Black Boy Pub in Mid Wales will keep its classic 17th century name, despite anti-racism campaigners coming to demand change. That's a good one. She can't go wrong. Um, Leeds Beckett University drops race advisor and founder of charity uh, because she called a Tory pundit a house negro, which I suppose is fair enough. <laughs> 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 that one. That one. I mean, that one. That they might have a right. point. Can, yeah. we go, can, we go back to, can we go back to the pub? Because I just don't think, I don't think the people, the locals who don't want the name changing get the point. So I think you should try and teach them a lesson. So for like a week, you've got to, change, you've got to call it Lee, Rigsby, Lee Rigby's Corpse <laughs> <laughs> and see how they feel about that. And if they're all right with that, then they can keep, then they can have Black Boy for as long as they want. Actually, we, we are three drinks professionals. Me less so than you two, but we could pool our money together and open a bar, and we could call it Lee, Lee Rigby's Corpse, and only serve drink food on machetes. Yeah, <laughs> if you're into it, I'm up for a start. I'm up for opening that pop up. Imagine how much press we'd get. I'm up for starting. Yeah, like a Hollywood, like a like a Hollywood Bowl one where we it's Meghan Markle's got all your money, and we it's like a very much a suits themed bar. That'd be fun. All the food comes battered. <laughs> oh wow um, yeah that'd be good oh my god Lee Rigby's corpse oh that's so dark that's so dark the, the point is you are not entitled to a platform you are entitled to your, your speech but if you say something that the platform holder disagrees with they are allowed to take you down yes you can sue them and you can win but as you see with uh suing the paper all the time it takes takes ages you win and then nothing substantive happens right no one everyone's complaining that suddenly conservative voices are being censured well maybe it's because they're being super racist just just it's not a war on woke it's it was it's never european bananas it's just they're just playing the european book again it's exactly the same thing I mean, I think it's just it's just a, it's just a concept that I mean, it's like say it's getting over now. That's the problem. I think I think also concerns me about it is that because you know the the idea that Britain's got some like you know left wing totalitarian mob running the show is 
It's so ludicrous. Mm-hmm. I, I, but but you you know that you know there are people that will fall for it. You know, my dad uses the term woke now, and that's you know that's a barometer for it. You know, a word getting over, and it's silly. We have news monopolies, which we at the loosest sense fight bravely against. <laughs> Fuck you, Rupert Murdoch. Murdoch's lawyers are terrified of us. They are. They won't come near us because they know that we have no money. <laughs> what are you going to take? You're welcome to my underpants. You probably want my my child's blood, don't you, Murdoch? You fucking pederast. You can take me to court. I'd love to be in court against Rupert Murdoch while he has to defend himself and say he's not a pederast. And I go through the, the young women that he's been at parties with and ask every single one of them, did Rupert Murdoch try just, to fuck you? Just screaming, I, I can prove you're a lizard! I will prove you're a lizard! Yeah, if I cut off your oxygen, you'll breathe through your eyes, Murdoch! You'll breathe through your eyes! Turn those lights down and he'll die. <laughs> yeah, cut off his fucking thing. He'll grow him again. Yeah, he, he, he every morning he wakes up and lies on a hot rock for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he lives in Australia. He needs that lizard heat, the fucking monster. Uh, I love that you think he'd show up to a court date with you <laughs> and us. That'd be so good. <laughs> uh, the three of us sat there looking like, looking like the Ghostbusters in Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> Just yeah. some weird court date. Oh, that'd be so good. We should wear jumpsuits that have that have like well, there's a sense in the back. Yeah, that'd be good. And then yeah. hopefully it'd go like Ghostbusters too, in that halfway through he'd like turn into his true lizard form and only a hot hour and a half podcast is anything that could take him down. So we'd have to grab our podcasted equipment during the during the trial and just podcast at him. So we broke him. Someone turns off the feed to the podcast and all of the podcast ghosts escape and go through the city. <laughs> Yeah, Lee Rigby's ghost. <laughs> oh Jesus! Do you have to keep digging that hole? <laughs> you suggested the pop-up. It was your idea. Yeah, and I'm tr- look. I can admit when my ideas are wrong, and I think this war on me is getting a little bit out of control. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I wish I could cancel you. All right, so it's been a big week for Dominic Raab this week. I don't know if you saw the controversy with his broom. I, I saw a photo of a broom, but I didn't delve deeper than that. Yeah, so he was, in, he was interviewed on TV in what looks to be his home office in Surrey. Um, and there's a, a broom, more a brush, really, than a broom, which is propped against the door of his office from the inside. So it looks like he's trying to either keep somebody out or maybe my theory is that the broom hates Dominic Raab that much <laughs> that when he saw him come into the room, the broom was trying to escape but couldn't figure out how to open the door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, barely in that Fantasia sequence where he hasn't grown the arms <laughs> yet. So it's just panicking, trying to like escape. The prospect of being in an enclosed space with him is just, just too much for the broom and I had to try and run away. Well, I, I'm, it's more likely that it's a room-type scenario downstairs where he's got, he's fritzled somewhere, he's got a fritzel basement. And he's just, he's, he's, that's how he locks it. He's quite devil-may-care. So Dominic Raab was in the news earlier in the week as well. Um, he's obviously the Security Secretary of State for Foreign, Commonwealth and Development. And um, he suggested this week that uh, ceasefires should be implemented in war zones so that people can get their COVID vaccine. And he's uh, hoping to persuade members of the UN Security Council to act in like Yemen and South Sudan and Somalia, and says that we've got a moral duty to act, which is quite surprising, really, considering that 
the British gov- the British government sold one point four billion dollars worth of arms to Saudi Arabia for killing people in Yemen in three months in the end of twenty twenty. Oh my word. That's yeah, that's quite shameless. They are doing a really good job of killing people in Yemen. British exports are down, but we've got the guns out. Well, the Americans have stopped selling arms to Saudi Arabia for this reason to try and force peace talks in Yemen. But the British government has said that they're not too keen on that, really. Yeah, of course not. They're, it's literally our only it's our only boom in trade. The the British economy is down forty five billion. If we can snaffle a couple of billion off Saudi Arabia to kill so because they're killing Yemenese people, like forty percent. Oh my god! Oh my god! What? Oh god! Uh, so eighty five thousand people have died because of the famine. Twelve thousand civilians have been killed in just random shelling, and a hundred thousand people have just been killed as part of the conflict. Holy shit. Yeah, it's a wild ride. I'm not too hot on your many your many politics. I know there's a there's a Saudi Arabian backed coalition trying to intervene in a civil a civil war after an uprising. Yeah, but how many people have died of COVID? That's what Dominic's boxed up. Imagine that. Imagine just trying to go in and just go, right guys, 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 hold on, half time. Half time, get your oranges here. Six hundred and eighteen deaths from COVID. Yeah, you you finished killing your you, you killed yourselves with our weapons. That's fine, but just make sure you're COVID safe. Don't cough on each other. Wear a mask when you're bayoneting someone in the face. I think that don't don't we call that a Tuesday in Britain? Yeah. So no, that's that's not that's that's in total. That's not every day. That's the total amount of deaths. So yeah. it's actually the the current numbers are 102,000 people have died uh, because of the conflict, and then 85,000 have died of starvation. Yeah, and, and and this and this fucking idiot wants this fucking idiot wants them to take the day off so they can get the COVID vaccine. Yeah, I tell you what, social social distancing has definitely helped in a war zone. You know what I mean? There's nothing keeps you two meters apart from another person than the thought you might get shelled for leaving your house. <laughs> because I, I'm not a I'm not a virologist, but I imagine that if a bullet went through someone and then buried into me, would I have COVID? That's surely the least of your concerns. You know what I mean? If you if, if your curtains are on fire, your doors on fire, and your floors on fire, what do you deal with first? Nothing. You get out of your house because your house is on fire. You don't worry about the fact you've just been shot. So you don't. What's the point? Do you think he's trying to get people vaccinated, preempting like a refu- an obvious re- refugee crisis that's going to occur? So he's like, oh, get these yet yeah, many refugees vaccinated. They won't cause us any problems. That'll probably be it because we we we're now part of the world. Uh, trade organization uh, rules, which means that we have to take more uh, refugees. So yes, we're probably trying to vaccinate them because a lot, a lot of these folks will come over here, and they have been. You know, this this is a raging conflict, and so many people are dying. And the fact that we keep selling money to these people, it's just a sign. We're not selling. We're selling arms. How much is, is, is these, how much is like a billion dollars in arms? How much is a tank? Uh, depends on the tank. Well, obviously, a good desert tank with that fires depleted uranium and all that good stuff, like a couple hundred mil. Oh, really? That's quite expensive. How much? How much for a bullet? Is a bullet like fifty p? Uh, yeah. I've never done war itinerary like this before. This is this is exciting. There's a really good uh, podcast about it. If you want to, called Arms Control Wonk, and they take you through all this kind of stuff, and they're really good. Uh, I did a I did a military history. Uh, so yeah, 
um, the, the the reason you pay for these things is R and D, uh, and England has a long history of being able to circumvent trade restrictions because we're on uh, the UN Council. So if any resolutions came up to stop us from being able to trade, we could just veto them. Same with the other uh, permanent members on the council. So that's why we're such we're so good at arms trading because we set the rules. Are they going to face uh, problems now exporting to the European Union their bullets because of Brexit? Yes, they are. It's like anything. So if it goes from England to one other country, it's fine. But from say it goes from England to Germany, which is a typical destination because of like uh, the number of army bases and stuff in Germany, and they're also one of our strongest trade partners, or were, and then on further, um, it will mean that they'll be open to charges. So right now we're trying to uh, work out the paperwork to to just stop at different ports. It's it's a really complex job, man. But yeah, it's it's not helped by the economy shrinking by 40, 45 billion. What else has happened in Brexit news this week? Have you got any other Brexit news? Well, the price of inflation went up, didn't it? So that's that spiked, which they're claiming is down to essentially like a commodities boom. So like crisps and stuff, <laughs> essentially just costs, it's all costing more. So everything's just, the inflation's sort of gone up. But I don't know. Not, not, no, no other fantastic stories. How long do we think we're still going to be talking about Brexit for? Oh, until we're back in Europe or until we become a united federation of nations and boldly go out into the universe and Captain Picard's on a ship and refers to us as the Federation. As one. As one, yeah. I think at least five years. At least five years. Did you see the uh, former head of the Israeli Secret Service said that we're part of a galactic federation already? Yes, we are, yeah. Uh, um, Bases on Mars, where we talk to the greys. Right. And is is he just a crackpot? He has to be, because I don't know why he's been paying attention. Uh, We've been through more... More wild shit in the last few years than, a, well, certainly any other time in my lifetime. And the human race does not remotely feel like it's any closer to being one fucking human race. It's, we're still all arguing over fucking dirt and flags. So he's off his mind. He's out of his fucking tree. The only tree. thing we've managed to agree on as a world is what currency to trade oil in, which is an exceptionally depressing thing. Like we can't even, we can't even agree basic human rights but yeah he he isn't a i don't think he's a crackpot i think he's an exceptionally smart man who got into the dotage of his years released a book and then told a load of fun stories to sell it more power to him i hope he sells a billion copies of his book it's it's supposed to be good uh, he says that there's an agreement between the u.s government and the aliens and that they've signed a contract with us to do experiments here aliens use pens did you just pass, pass them a biro? Do they use like their outstretched finger and do it on an iPad? Yeah. How do you do? How do aliens sign the name? How do you get a notary public to to mark? Faxing home. Do you have to, they still use fax? There's a few holes in this story here, aren't there? Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense, does it? Yeah, on, on a, a very basic level. Yeah, but just certainly at a bureaucratic level. I mean, that's what I'm struggling with the most. Yeah, who who are the lawyers signing off on this? Yeah. Has it been through a budgetary committee? Yeah, did they fax the paperwork to the aliens? Did they scan? Did they use like a little scanner app on their iPhone and send it back to them? All we know is that Dominic Rab wants them vaccinated and will also happily sell them an AK-47. Get your cake and eat it. That's what I say. Yeah, your Martian cake. I kind of 
have been looking for an actual an like actual aliens my entire life but every time I get tantalizingly close, it always turns out to be something else. By looking, do you mean you've been lying on a, f- a flat roof, staring up at the sky? Uh, no, I. by looking, I mean what everyone means by looking. Just looking at videos on the internet. D- d- doing your research. Yeah, doing my research. Masturbating pictures of Gillian Anderson. Gillian Anderson was never my thing. Even when, even when she dressed up as Margaret Thatcher, that was a tough wank. Oh, no, yeah. No, no, just when she dressed up as Margaret Thatcher. You know me, like a strong, mean woman. <laughs> One of the toughest wanks I've ever had, apart from Gail Porter after she lost her hair. Ooh, good that. A mm, little bit of cue ball action, well into it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> this, is, this is getting darker than... <laughs> Let's escape this fucking nightmare. Uh, speaking of uh, bureaucratic nightmares... <laughs> um, did you see the story in um, Liverpool this week about a man who um, was invited? It's like, like any classic tale. Uh, a man was invited to come get his COVID vaccine. Um, however, he was slightly confused because he's 32 and he didn't really understand why he was getting over a lot of other people, especially you know, his elders, his parents and stuff. They hadn't had the vaccine yet. So he rings his, his, uh, his GP practice and it turns out that when they registered him, um, he's six foot uh, two inches tall, um, but they had him down as 6.2 centimetres. Um, and obviously wanting to protect the known population, um, were very, very keen to get him in uh, for his vaccine. I think this is nice. We, you know, often on this show, we bash the government, but they're making sure that people that are big enough to fit in your pocket are getting the vaccine for... The government are looking after borrowers which I'm excited about. How small does your smallest patient have to be for you to not to bat an eyelid at 6.2 <laughs> centimetres? 6.2 centimetres is... You've got, uh, um, we've got loads of four centimetre fellas in, so... How many, how many, how many guys as uh, big as an iPhone do you need before you start asking questions? I have, a, I have a genuine question, right? Did they have his weight correct? And his height incorrect because if oh, so, yeah. they would have had a six-inch, like what, eighty-kilogram man. Yeah, I hope they had his chest measurements. Like he's a human chode. They <laughs> yeah. had his. They had his weight correct. They, his BMI was twenty-eight thousand. <laughs> that is that is outstanding. And they, never, and they never reached out to see if he was having a healthy salad occasionally. He's the densest human being alive, but they've not questioned it. You'd be surprised he wasn't diabetic. Okay. <laughs> we're we're also going to need to do some uh, blood tests because it, it, I think your blood might be gravy at this point. Yeah. However, we will also have to pop you in a little red hat because you'll just look adorable. <laughs> what shape would that man be? Like a really dense plank of wood. He'd be a big. I'm, in my mind, he's a big flat disc because you've not you've not thought about how wide he is, right? So. He's six foot two tall, but he's also like just he's like a manhole cover, just a big. <laughs> <laughs> a manhole cover sounds about right, like a Lego, like a Lego man's head, like a Lego man's head and legs on a manhole cover, but a really dense one, like a human stingray is what he looks like in my head. What's the heaviest material known to man? Some of the bars I drop on my latest album. Brilliant. <laughs> the the black hole where Boris Johnson's heart used to be. 
I don't think Boris Johnson ever had a heart. No, it's true. Um, I the dentist. I don't know actually. Um, whatever's between Jeremy Clarkson's ears. Right. So the densest element is osmium, right? Yeah. And it's pretty dense and it's shiny. And that is all I can tell you about it. And unfortunately, it uh, forms a nasty compound when exposed to air and is toxic. It's volatile and water-soluble and wants to kill you. Don't do it, according to Google. Don't put that's, it in your mouth. Sounds like my Tinder bio. <laughs> you should put that on your Tinder bio. It just says don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Just keep, look, you don't want to get involved in this. I produce noxious chemicals on contact. <laughs> um, and, I'm, and I'm also water-soluble, to be fair. How has your uh, how has Tinder been going this week? Not well, man. Like it's it's. I don't have any circus skills, which seems to be a real thing in Bristol. I imagine there's a lot of poi. Yeah. So circus skills, um, empathy, and walks in nature seem to be the big things around here, which pretty much means I'm going to die alone. So that's good. So, yeah, Loads not of well. People carrying flour in Hessian bags. It's it's just. I mean. It, it is a bit off-putting, like you know. There's a lot, but not off-putting. But there's a lot of people just, you know, they talk about it, they just say how nature or walks, like it's like such a vital part of their personality. And I just, I just don't have that connection to it. You know what I mean? But then again, I'm just as bored by them as I am by people who are like ideal Sunday, ooh, red wine, a walk, and a roast. They can fuck off as well. So all in all, that, that, that sounds nice. What would your ideal Sunday be? I just don't want the veil of individuality pulled away from my eyes. When you're sitting there scrolling through this thing, because realistically at this point it's become like a game to you that you play on the bog, then you, when you see that response like nine times out of ten, it just suddenly like everyone's just this morass of humanity. And it's just a bit <laughs> depressing. You know what I mean? I just want, just want someone who's like, I don't know, I like to shoot up and then throw... Pe- pennies at seagulls. I just something a bit different. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> you, what is your bio then? Because you're throwing a lot of shade at other people's bios. Is your bio? I like to shoot up and throw pennies at seagulls. <laughs> yeah, and I'm wondering why I'm single. No, no, I don't have a. I don't really. Let me just double check this. Are we? Let's let's pop this. Let's pop this bad boy up. We can. I can. I can. I'll happily take feedback. Because I'm, I was when I was single. I was really good at Tinder. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I used to pretend that I was sixteen cats in a human suit. That would get me laid all the time. What was your opening line? Meow, are you doing? Oh my gosh! I don't think I want to go that. I mean, you, yeah, you're getting swiped. That's a left swipe. I mean, mine's not brilliant. You've got a real eye on the market then, because the sort of women who like cats are definitely the sort of women who might sleep with you. Mm, yeah, what I'm looking for is someone that doesn't mind something shitting on the ground and then leaving. <laughs> yeah, clawing at the curtains and then <laughs> and then sl- pouring through food that's given and, and ignoring it. You've got to be into mild mild property damage and emotional distance. Just looking for big shoulders and low self-esteem. Yeah, yeah that's... Oh, my God. Did you just say the words big shoulders and low self-esteem <laughs> yeah. in us? Oh, I my my heart skipped a beat at how romantic that sounds to me. Big shoulders and low self esteem. That's good. I might Sorry, copy what's, that. What's your, what's your bio? I mean, now I read it out loud. I'm starting to realise that it might be my problem. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to read it because this is a safe space. I'm fairly certain, safe of judgment. 
Uh, yeah, I know that's not the case. Uh, cynical romantic and wannabe grifter. Lover of a great drink and finer company. Loud snorer, so light sleepers and, oh, fucking Tories need not apply. Wow, that's really bad. That's terrible. Levanis, we need to counsel him on this. I get, I get that you're trying to be funny, but you, you've actually done stand-up. Do you think that's funny? No, I don't, I don't think I'm trying to be funny. I think I'm trying to uh, encapsulate myself in a paragraph, Stephen, which I think is, which when you're not deciding to just pretend you're a cat, is a lot more difficult than you think it is. I have had, I don't, I don't often say this to a lot of people, but I have had more sex than you, Tarek. So you need to listen to me. <laughs> Do you think it's more or less people than The Rock? Oh, I've definitely slept with more people than The Rock. No, The Rock slays pie. Oh, he's been married twice. More or less, more or less people than Idris Elba. Oof. Oh no, Idris Elba's never been married, has he? Mm, I don't, I don't know. Idris Elba was Idris Elba was an actor and a DJ. If you can't pull in those scenarios, then you don't deserve genitals. In fairness, he also looks like Idris Elba. Yeah. If he'll, if I see Idris Elba in a bar, I'm going to hit yeah. him. Whereas you look like every serial killer in the seventies. I do, yeah. And I've got the same sort of charm as a serial killer in the 70s. <laughs> oh my God, that's what you should say on your bio. Just because I look like a serial killer from the 70s doesn't mean I'll take you to the woods unless you're into that. No. I'll mm. try that for a week until we get home and can report back. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what? I actually, my, my, I'm so deeply uninterested in all of this bullshit. I'm absolutely going to do that, and I will take a photo, and yeah, and then we'll, I'll let you know how we why get on. Why don't you? Why don't you do? Why don't you do? I like serial killers, dark alleyways, and mud. I like long walks with a partner, but I like to walk home alone. No, no, it's funny, but there is something there. But, no, I mean the original. Although I may look like a serial killer from the seventies, yeah, that's although yeah, I almost, him. I almost certainly won't murder you. I might not murder you. I want to give him the biggest sense of oh, the no. freezer. The only thing I'll murder is that pussy. That's it. Absolutely not. <laughs> you will get a lot of... That's funny. Yeah, that yeah, is, yeah. That is, that is I, might, I, might look, I might look like a serial killer, but the only thing I slay is pussy. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. I am so sad. Go on, put that on for a week. <laughs> Fuck, I hate this. Come on. I think that'll work. How many pictures of yourself do you have on it? Uh, for... That's too many. You need why, two. Is that, why do I need two? One that shows how tall you are, and then two that shows your pretty face. That's all you need. How tall are you? Uh, 5'11". Oh, that's, that's, that's acceptable for normal-sized women. Yeah, Almost exactly. six. Yeah, I mean, cool. I don't really have it. What do, do, do you want me to stood next to something for, for comparison? A matchbox. <laughs> A matchbox. <laughs> 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 I've, got pic- I've actually got pictures of me stood up some other shorter people, so I might I could do that. Yeah, yeah. Do, that that out. do that one, yeah. Uh, look, look like a serial killer from the seventies. All I slay is, is. pussy. <laughs> 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 I, honestly, this is how little I care about my love life at this point in time that I'm willing to do a weird experiment for a week. I think right. it's going to improve it. And, I'm and going go down, down to two photos. I'm go going down, down to two. Photos. I'm going down to two photos. All right, mate. Jesus. All right. Well, cool. So my Tinder profile's now set up for a weird experiment for a week. So, following on from the uh, the cinnamon challenge and the Tide Pod challenge, 
there is a new challenge on the block, uh, and that is the Gorilla Glue Challenge. What is that? All right, okay. So as all things do, it started off on the Communist Shill app TikTok, (laughs) where a lady called Tessica Brown revealed that she had substituted a normal hairspray, which is like a finishing glue, it's called, uh, which like it basically like straps your hair right to your head. Yeah? You with me? Yes. Uh, and she replaced that with spray-on Gorilla Glue. Oh, no. And that she revealed on this TikTok that now her hair won't move. Okay. All right? So her head was so fucked that she's had to have surgery. Some plastic surgeon has developed a liquid which will dissolve the chemicals in her hair as it had been like that for a month. Oh, God. Yeah? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Then, the week after, a chap called Len Martin, he didn't believe her story, and he wanted to prove that she was faking it. So you can watch this video on on Instagram, if you so enjoy such things. He glued a red Solo cup to his lips with the intention of proving that she was faking it, but ended him up in hospital with a red solo cup glued to his lips. Oh, my God. Literally. The, just don't play with glue. It's one of the first things you learn in school. What a dickhead. Right, so, obviously, he had to have his lips, like, parts of his lips cut off. Yeah, I think it was a severe peel. Oh. Yeah, it sounds awful. Like, did you see that another YouTuber as well died this week in a prank gone wrong? <laughs> yes. This, ki- this kid called Timothy Wilkes. Uh, him and his pals were attempting to film the reactions of people should they set upon them with knives and pretend to rob them. Oh, no. And the reaction of one of the chaps they pretended to rob with knives was to shoot him. Yeah, that'll happen. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Was he a famous YouTuber? Uh, I don't believe so. I think... I think they put YouTuber in the sense that he was filming it for YouTube for a prank. Oh, right. So it wasn't. It's not like because some of them are officially like they're they're partnered with YouTube. I don't. I don't think he had a blue tick on Twitter. Ah, right. Okay. God, it, that'd be like us. Us three going to a march and setting in setting in against some fascists and one of us dying for this podcast. I'd really appreciate it if one of you was willing to do that. Don't get me wrong, because we could use the listeners. But It's more stupid than that. It's not even particularly funny, is it? No, it's horrific. I'd be sad I'd be sad if the listenership didn't go off if one of us died during a... Had, so only two people have done this, Gorilla Glue Challenge, or is it caught on... No, 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 there's another one, another YouTube, another TikToker right. uh, called Avani... Of, is is this a because fa- I know you can be famous on TikTok. This tick this TikTok TikToker Avani Reyes, mm-hmm. they've got a lot of followers. If that's what they're called on TikTok, mm. uh, and they appeared today having appeared to have slapped Gorilla Glue on the red. Mm. So it seems to be ticking over. Uh, Gorilla Glue reminded people that it's probably not advisable to glue any part of yourself with their glue because it says so. And don't be that fucking stupid. It's it's not a simple solution, is it? So you can't just like put it in like another solution and then it peels off your hand. You have to like it's it's complex, so you have to go through a few processes for it to be peeled off you. We've all used the wrong chemical at some point. I once applied super glue instead of athlete's foot cream, oh. which was a really awful experience. Yeah. Oh. 
that sounds sharp. I don't think I've ever done that. You know, I don't think I've ever glued any part of myself to anything else. I, I haven't. You never, you never used the wrong chemical by accident. No, I don't think I have. Have I even lived? Um, I had a friend use VEET on their genitals. Oof. Uh, a gentleman I knew in um, college drink poppers, and when he arrived at the, um, he immediately he drank the poppers. Took down his pants. This was at somebody's in somebody's hallway and shit his pants, and then had to be taken to hospital because he burned <laughs> all of his insides. That's not that's not taking the wrong chemical. That's just being a fucking idiot. I saw a guy quadruple drop pills at a party once, and that was one of the most disorientating things <laughs> I've ever seen. It was terrifying. It looked like his head was about to explode. Mm. It was most unwell. I hung around with some people who were. Mm, Fun with drugs, let's just say. So when you said quadruple dro- dropped, I was like, yeah, it must have been Tuesday. <laughs> I think the funnest one I heard of was a lady who wanted to get a really stubborn stain out of a basement bar called Barca. And uh, she mixed these chemicals together in a way and caused a noxious gas that almost killed her and 25 other people in the area. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, she got fired. And that is why the next week we all had a meeting. I think every bar in Manchester had a meeting of don't mix chemicals. You don't. We all had kosh meetings the, the week after. Yeah, it happened to a friend of mine years ago. He, he'd like put a couple of chemicals in his bath and cleaned it up and then it like smoked a spliff and fallen asleep and nearly died. Yeah. It, that's what you just don't mix. We're not we're not chemists. Don't mix chemicals. You don't. I don't know how to dissolve a glue. Right. I've got a really strong glue because um, part of the part of the thing that keeps the mat downstairs had lifted up. So I got this really strong glue and I strapped it on. I'm terrified of glue. I never sniffed glue. Never got around to that as an attempt to get high when I was younger. I never sniffed solvents. No, it gave. I, I, I actually, yeah, poppers. But you've sniffed poppers, though, haven't you? Yeah, the poppers. They're awful. They're just garbage. I really like three decent buzz, three decent buzzes, and then you've got a headache. Yeah, that's 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 exactly my vibe. That and laughing gas. They're the only drugs I can do now. <laughs> that's the gorilla glue challenge. Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! That fucking crashed into the fucking ground. But why is, why is every single section of the podcast today just come to a, a crashing end? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I feel like it's a bit of a weird. I'm yeah. I'm convinced about my internet. So I'm going to have a delay. Yeah. To be fair, Levanus did just talk about gluing down one of his mats in his house, which I, I wasn't exactly brain erection fuel, but. Are we honestly going to blame this on me? All right, DIY isn't <laughs> DIY isn't exactly the sexiest thing I could talk about, but I tried my hardest. Welcome to Tiddy Town. Welcome, whoever you are. Welcome to Tiddy Town. Welcome, whoever you are. Everyone's a star in TV Town. Welcome to TV Town. I hope you enjoy all the jingles and stuff on the show. Uh, they're done by uh, Andrew Levanis. You can check him out on SoundCloud, uh, Andrew Levanis. I watched Robin Williams's classic Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh. Did you ever see that um, trailer someone edited for it to make it look like he's a serial killer? I did. That was that was really wonderful. It's really good because it really is only like a few, you know, steps across from a genuine nutter. It's a crazy uh, choice 
that he makes in that movie. He he consistently makes the wrong just the wildest choices. Like the the sustained phone campaign at the start where he just harasses his ex-wife calling her up pretending to be different people. Yeah. He's gaslighting her, essentially. It's it's bad. It's it's horrifying. And then he gains her trust, infiltrates her home, and then proceeds to Yeah. And it's awfully transphobic. Yeah, it's not ideal. The the thing my big takeaway from it was he had amazing charisma. You just can't take your eyes off him when he's on the screen. Is it because of the big tits he had on? Yeah, that didn't uh, it didn't uh, <laughs> didn't hurt finish, you know what I mean? Lavana sorts anything with big rubber tits. <laughs> God, don't don't. I'll have, I'll have to start masturbating immediately if we keep talking about big rubber tits. Uh, I watched I watched that. And I uh, tried to get through the Britney Spears documentary. Uh, I haven't got around to this yet. I, it seems to be the, the thing to watch du jour. It's like this lockdown's Tiger King, isn't it? Everyone's now. But again, we were ahead of this. Free Britney. We were, we're ahead of the curve here. That was a, this, this whole movement has been started by podcasters as well. From uh, the, the discussion of Britney Spears' conservatorship to how much money her father takes from her and all this kind of stuff. Uh, it's covered within that. And it, 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 it was ably um, done in podcast f- format. Interesting, but again, exploitative. Very exploitative. What, the podcast or the everyone around Britney Spears? Yeah, everyone around Britney Spears and the TV show and the documentary. You don't You don't leave happy that you've watched it. You just, it's one of those TV shows where, where it feels like you're a spoonful of medicine and your way to the end. Yeah. Well, that sounds cheery. I watched a thoroughly bleak drama called Three Girls on Netflix, which was this uh, oh. beautifully acted portrayal about the Rochdale grooming gangs, which was uh, which was amazing, but not exactly light-hearted fodder. And that was, the grooming gangs are always thrown back at... Uh... Throwing back at anyone brown on the internet who tries to make a point about about paedophile gangs, so it must be um, uh, was it was it like quite an accurate portrayal, or was it a bit was it sensationalised? Or? Well, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I've never been raped in the back room of a kebab no. shop. <laughs> no, it means true to true to reported stories, or was it or hyper realised? Um, it were it was it was good. It was it was very it was very delicate, nice, well, not nice, but pleasantly well acted. This uh, chick called Molly Windsor. Who's been amazing in everything I've seen her in was really good in this. Um, I, I would I would heartily recommend it, but maybe not if you're in a dark place already. Uh, how about how about you, Tarek? You watched? I did. Yeah. Well, I mean, a bit. So I, I went through. Um, I realised I'd only watched a few series of Inside Number Nine, so I started rewatching that. That's very good. Uh, from the lads from who did the uh, who did the uh, League of Gentlemen. Oh, really? Um, and it's. They're like individual standalone stories, each each sort of episode, and they're all sort of weird, quite macabre, a bit weird. Got a little twist, or that. Yeah, there's a couple of really, really, really standout ones in there. Yeah, it's, it's a really, really good show. Um, it's all up on iPlayer. I would thoroughly recommend that if you're not had a go at it. I was put off by um, thinking that it would be like a little bit too much, like the mad excesses of M- Mark Gattis. You know, like sometimes he's absolutely flawless. But like with his show Dracula, did you see Dracula, the Dracula that Mark Gattis did? I think I think that's more if you get him within a few feet of um, shit. Who's the other one who wrote Doctor Who with, and who did Sherlock with him? Uh, Moffat, Stephen Moffat, and all of a sudden 
it's like 14 different twists and mind palaces. Yeah, because the first episode of that Dracula show was really good, and then the second one was fine, and then the third one when it got to Monday was a bit I of a really bust. enjoyed the Dracula show. I thought it was great. I, I really loved it, but the first the first episode was incredible, wasn't it? And then you were kind of just... It was like chasing the dragon. Which I, I always find with all of Moffat stuff, it never yeah, it never quite lands towards the end. But marked his, his Doctor Who run as well, as of some, some great episodes, some of the all-time best of his yeah. episodes. Blink, but then... Blink. He wrote Blink, man. Like, he gets to write whatever the hell he wants with Doctor yeah, Who. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. And like I said, a couple of episodes of Sherlock, I think the um, the sex worker one, the Scandal in Belgravia, was really, really good. No, so Mark Gass, yeah, Mark Gass can normally be trusted. But so it's, it's less him, it's the other two. So it's Pemberton and... Rhys Shearsmith. Right, okay. Um, Gats only appears in bits. So, yeah, there's, there's a couple of really good ones, like stand-up episodes there. There's a silent sort of burglary one in the first series, and then um, a really good two-hander, which is just like more like a bottle episode, which is just him, the two of them together, um, about two sort of old drunk, well, two old, one's a drunk, one's not, two old sort of northern comics who had a sort of Morecambe and Wise type show. Um, yeah, that's good. They had some stand-up episodes. But to, to come up, to balance out all that uh, sort of quite solid bit of television and culture, I also watched American Pie Girls Rules, okay. which is the latest in this uh, in this oft underlooked franchise. Hello. Hello, I'm excited. So, which which number is this? Because I know that three was so there was three with the main cast, and then there was the band camp one, and. Then... So very technically, this is the ninth in the American Pie <laughs> series. Oh my god! There's been nine. Of I don't them. think I'm past two. So much like the Fast and the Furious, um, it's really starting to find its feet. Um, you should, man. I, I, if I'm if I'm having to um, ritually humiliate myself out there on Tinder, I think you should have to watch American Pie. Have to watch all of the American Pie. I want you to watch all nine of them by the time you come back to us next week. I'm setting homework. I tried doing I tried doing the Nicolas Cage marathon, and that was just too hard. I watched like three movies, and I just which, which order did you go I in? Don't know. Did you go in chronological? No, I couldn't go in chronological. I can't even remember which ones we watched. They just all blur into one hyper realistic Nicolas Cage film. Tell me, you at least watched The Rock? No, we we watched The Rock. Um, we watched the one called Border Town. Um, yeah, we watched Face Off. That was good, uh, but after that, it was just a bit too much for me. Yeah, the, the faker his hair gets, like the more the more elaborate his wigs, the the, the more difficult. I watched both the national. Oh, I was going to say national lampoon. No, the national treasures. National treasures. Thank you. I watched both of them, and I got Disney Plus. Oh, is, that, is that any good? I've been. I've, I've skipped that so far. They're not. They're not brilliant. Uh, to be honest, actually, given your love of um, random conspiracy theories. Uh, you might actually quite enjoy him because it, it's just complete nonsense um, dressed up as some vague fact. Plus, it's got John Voight in it, and he's crazy. So, actually, I reckon it might be your bag, you know. John Voight is legitimately insane. That sounds nice. I've been engrossed this week in a podcast called Kill Tony, which is like a, a sta- live stand-up comedy show hosted by this guy called Tony Hinchcliffe. And they basically go to a different city or it's at the comedy store sometimes, and they get like, People go up and do like sixty seconds of uninterrupted stand-up, and then he like interviews them, and there's just a real air of chaos to it. It's really enjoyable. Available at all good. Pop. That does sound good. Yeah, it's really good, man. It's like he has like a crazy live band and like regular guests and all sorts of weird shit happens. I've been listening to them obsessively this week. Yeah, I'll give that a go. 
I'll give that a go. Well, I, I, I can say, I would say I can thoroughly recommend American Pie Girls Rules. It's complete shit, but they've, you know, realistically sort of remashed the first one, uh, but stuck four women in. Um, and is this no? This is not my American Pie. This is not my American Pie. Is this a is this a female Ghostbusters type it? scenario? Um, yeah, they've book smarted, mate. They've book smarted you. I will right. I have to. I have to get on 4chan and immediately tell the boys that this is happening. Quick to my discords. <laughs> quick to my discords and telegrams to inform all of my my friend my friends on the internet. Mate, the feminazis have got the. When the feminazis first they came for American Pie, and I said nothing, but it it, it holds up. It's decent. Um, the, the leads are fairly engaging. I mean, it's it's garbage. They're all garbage. But who's who's actually? Ooh, I mean, like not anyone. Really, no one. Anyone knows. To be fair, the only people I did really vaguely recognise was Danny Trejo. Um, he makes a weird little cameo in it because the leads are done. All the four of the leads are fairly unknown, or fairly unknown to me anyway. But then again, I'm not really probably the target demographic. I just can't really envisage a female-fronted American pie. Like, you need to be a guy, surely, to be stupid enough to get into those sorts of scapes. I can't picture any woman getting a labia caught in a zip. I just can't see it. There, there, there is bit, there's bits of, like, there's bits of, of gross out. But actually, they're, they're all quite sex positive. So it's kind of, you know, one of them's got sex toys and it, it's quite positive rather than it being a, a kind of, but there is there is bits of gross out stuff, but it's American Pie. Does she get a toy stuck anywhere? No, th- not not that I'd remembered. Out, I, I can't imagine her like um, humping a pie would be an apple pie would be as effective. Um, if you got a McDonald's apple pie, it even comes with a little paper handle. Although those things are fucking molten lava, so I can't. I would don't think she'd want anyone by anyone. I mean, I'm not the voice of women, so uh, Benesling is. But it, I don't think you'd want that inside you. Do, do women want uh, McDonald's apple pies inside them? It, de- it, de- it depends entirely on the temperature. As, speaking for all women, um, as, you do. as I do, yeah. um, I think it depends on the temperature. I think the cooler they get, the more willing. You're not going to get, as Tarek says, you're not going to want a molten hot apple pie in your food. But I think... Uh, 36 degrees centigrade or below, you'd be more inclined to consider oh, it. Hello. As the voice of all women, what are your top three confections that you would frig yourself off with? To be honest, I've always, always wanted to stick a calippo in a lady's bum hole. <laughs> Why? Do you want to give a hypothermia of the arsehole? I really like calippos. Fun, fun fact about me. Um, <laughs> broad-shouldered, low self-esteem, loves a calippo. You've got a favourite food. You can start, sometimes start imagining them in sexy scenarios. Have you never thought how much nicer a bacon butty would be if it had a bit of tit in it? <laughs> well, like cannibalism. No, just a chew. You get like a product, that, you know, like that Billy Bear that looks like a tit. <laughs> I've I've never quite never quite got the handle on food and sex. It's never really been a been a thing. One of my first one of my first girlfriends, the girl I lost my virginity to, actually. Um, she was into like food stuff quite a bit more so than any woman since. So I was exposed to it at a young age. So I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite proud. Uh, I'm pretty keen to get some chocolate sauce on me balls. <laughs> the the tastier foods that you involve 
during intercourse are also the stickiest foods to clean off afterwards. So there's like a there's like a long run up to using food and then quickly there's no like cuddling afterwards because both of you are like like children after a picnic. Well you think about you think about, you know, like a little blob of honey can get absolutely everywhere very quickly, much like the smell of an arsehole. I like the idea of you t- taking some girl and being disappointed with her appearance and so dusting icing sugar on her so, so that she looks a bit better. <laughs> Put doing it, doing it, covering her face uh, with like waffles and like squirty cream and a couple of strawberries. Put a big smile on her face. <laughs> Unless a woman smells like honey and mustard, he can't get a wreck. <laughs> Let's fucking put a bullet in the head of this. Well, that sounds about, that sounds like the way to go, yeah. As is tradition, uh, I have the first go uh, trying to shut this thing down. <laughs> I don't know why we find this so difficult. Because we're, we're not professional presenters. We have absolutely no inkling on doing this. We just like talking about the news, being offended, coming up with Lee Rigby knob gags, and then just moving on with our lives. It should just end on a big laugh, but it's just too abrupt. So. With that in mind, thanks for listening to The Loosest Sense. Check us out on social media. Tell your friends about us. If you don't want to do any of that, just tune in next week. Fucking hell, you've nailed it first time. Yes! Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was fairly decent. Confrontational, but I quite enjoyed that. <laughs> I like the fact you're like, do, do some or don't, you bunch of cunts. <laughs>